Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah. All right. Well, we mentioned this story on Monday, I think, during the three o'clock hour, if you check out your podcast. But now we're going to get into detail on it. It's about Barbara Ferrer and the LA County Department of Health. And there is a trial set for October 16th involving First Amendment violations. The group that has brought the suit is called the Alliance of Los Angeles County Parents. Attorney Julie Hamill is going to join us now to talk more about this, but apparently in some court filings, we find out just how far Barbara Ferrer and her henchmen and henchwomen were trying to go to uh, block a dissent, opposing opinion especially on social media and, yes, in certain newspapers around Southern California. Well, because she had announced in early July that cases were rising, people were getting hospitalized, and so the mask mandate was going to come back end of July. And then there was a video that leaked of a meeting among doctors at the County USC Medical Center, and the doctors said clearly, we're seeing nobody with severe COVID, no one in the hospital uh, due to COVID. Uh, there's no reason... 
from a hospitalization due to COVID perspective to be worried. We're seeing a lot of people with mild disease. In other words, no reason for this mask mandate. Well, when that leaked, people went nuts on social media, bombarded Ferrer, and she tried to get Twitter to censor this crowd. Let's get uh, Julie Hamill on with the Alliance of Los Angeles County Parents. Julie, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me on. I'm doing great. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Uh, what gives the Alliance of L.A. County Parents standing in this lawsuit to take on Barbara Ferrer? Well, we are a uh, a group of angry parents who, um, you know, back in February of 2022 or 2021, all the years are running together now from COVID, um, we were fighting to get the masks off our children. And if you remember, we had that NFC championship game at SoFi Stadium where all of our big shot politicians and celebrities were spotted maskless celebrating in the stadium. And meanwhile, all of us had kids in, you know, LAUSD. I had my kids in, in Palos Verdes. Um, and our kids couldn't even take their masks off outside at school or they would be sent home. And so um, we were tired of, of fighting and screaming and not being heard. And um, so we, we formed a group. I'm their attorney. And uh, we started writing letters to the county to try and get them to change their policies. And obviously that didn't work. And as you described, um, in July of last year, they tried to reimpose a universal mask mandate right before school started. And we had to sue them to get it to stop. And that's that was the initial um, cause of action. There wasn't even a free speech cause of action when we started this. Um, we sued July 26th, and then they dropped that universal mask mandate, I think, on the 29th. Um, and then what they did at that point, as you've seen in the filings, is they engaged in this whole censorship regime where they shut down every piece of evidence they could find on the internet and newspapers um, to get people who were opposing mask mandates and who were criticizing Barbara Ferrer to, um, to stop talking and essentially shut down all of that information. And so people in the community of Los Angeles couldn't receive information which you have a right to receive information under the first amendment as you do to speak it she had a communications director named brett morrow and uh he went to, to well, describe his role in the censorship <sighs> so brett morrow came to us from dc he was he worked for congressman schiff and then he worked for a couple of other congressmen um, and then came down to L.A. County Department of Public Health to be their communications chief. And essentially, his job was to kill stories that were negative, to plant stories that were positive about Ferrer and about their policies, and to control communications so that people didn't see reality. Uh, can, can I ask you this, this concept of planting stories, positive stories about Barbara Ferrer, with whom? With what publications or what media outlets? Um, I have to go back to the deposition transcript, but he talks about sort of building up a positive reputation for his various bosses that he's had throughout throughout his career, and he did that with L.A. County Department of Public Health. And so if you look through the Twitter account, they had um, people, <laughs> there's one email in the documents 
that talks about a, a monkeypox influencer that they were amplifying. And they had all sorts of COVID influencers that they were amplifying and people who would talk about how wonderful the protections were and the vaccines and the masks and things along those lines. A monkeypox influencer. Yes. <laughs> Never thought I'd hear a phrase like that. Like that. Yeah, that's yeah, a uh, that's just that's a sign of our era, boy. Uh yeah, and this guy Morrow you talked about, you said he was connected to he was formerly in Adam Schiff's office because apparently he tried to use another official in Adam Schiff's office to uh to pressure people too, didn't he? Patrick Boland. What what's his role in this? Yeah, so um July twentieth, we have an email from Brett Morrow. CCing Patrick Boland, who was the chief of staff for Adam Schiff at the time, and he was also um, a staffer for the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, which had a regulatory role over social media companies. Um, and so he facilitated a connection between Brett Morrow and Lauren Colbertson of Twitter, who was their U.S. head of public policy. And so in the first email, Brett reaches out directly to Lauren Culbertson and CCs Patrick Bulland, and in all capital letters in the subject line says, referral from Patrick Bulland, request, I can't remember exactly what it says, but request for, you know, assistance with harassment from anti-maskers or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, I, I, you, their take, Julie, is going to be, the well, we're trying to stop the misinformation that's out there. We need the public to get the correct messaging on COVID. Well, and these things we're trying to stop were but, people but just making things up. You can't do that in our society. The First Amendment says you are allowed to express yourself, even if it's information, even if you're lying. That's not the way the Constitution works. That's correct. That's correct. And so if you've been following along with the Missouri v. Biden case, which is going before the Fifth Circuit tomorrow for oral argument, um, this L.A. County case is like a mini version of what's happening in Missouri v. Biden. And so all of the arguments that the, uh, the plaintiffs are making and the, the amicus briefs are making in that case are things that we're using in our case because it's this vast censorship regime where the government is using digital platforms and they're using their regulatory authority to intimidate and threaten these platforms into doing the censorship that they want done. And, and if they don't... No, and the infuriating thing is that Barbara Ferrer was putting out the misinformation, making it sound like there was an increase in, in COVID hospitalizations that justified the mandatory masking. And her own doctors were caught saying, no, we have no problem with the hospitals. That's exactly correct. So this free speech trial, which is set for October 16th, what could be the outcome? that would benefit your group? What exactly are you looking for in terms of the decision? We want the court to force the county to reopen public comments and to refrain from engaging in any censorship going forward. And we're not asking for any money. This is not about damages. It's about enforcing the right to free speech and the right to receive information. Um, and it's, it's a difficult road because right now we don't have any United States Supreme Court authority that clearly states the government can't pressure private digital platforms to censor protected speech. And that's why we're sort of waiting to see what happens with Missouri v. Biden in cases like O'Hanley v. Weber. Now, is uh, Barbara Ferrer going to be a witness in this case? or? Yes, yeah, I took her deposition in May, and mm -hmm. she will be subpoenaed to appear at trial. What was her demeanor? 
it was really interesting because as a mom who watched my kids really suffer under what I considered to be very arbitrary and capricious mandates that came from her, I expected to hate her. I expected to feel this, you know, sort of anger toward her. But she, in person, is this somewhat endearing personality, which shocked me. Hmm. Um, but she is, I, want, I don't want to be impolite, but maybe not the best and brightest of uh of people mm. oh wow <laughs> that's <laughs> a pretty civil way to say she, it I, she shouldn't be trying to tell 10 million people how to live their lives that's exactly right i mean yeah. she has no qualifications to do so she's not and a every doctor time right? I, no she well she has her phd in social welfare yeah, that's um, not a doctor, um, right? That's not a doctor. As people know it when it comes to COVID. That's a long. That's a long road from medicine. That's right, and it's funny because um, one of the pieces of quote misinformation that Brett Morrow was trying to get removed from the internet was the statement that Barbara Ferrer is a fake doctor. He he considered that to be urgent misinformation that requires attention from Twitter. But it's the truth. Um, you know, she presents herself as a medical doctor. She's not. She does not yeah. have any qualifications to lead a, an epidemiology. I mean, she, she has no qualifications whatsoever. And in the deposition, her attorney repeatedly instructed her not to answer when I was digging into these areas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're, yeah, we're... Because that's damaging. You have somebody run the Department of, of Health that's not from the medical field. It's just weird. That's right. And then, you well, you get this. You get kids not being able to breathe for a year and a half. Yeah, and she was, she's been pretty paranoid over COVID. And, of course, she's always they're always talking about bringing back more mandates. And even recently, this came back again. It's hard to believe. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be following the trial, and maybe we'll have you back on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hi, right, that's Julie Hamill, an attorney. The Alliance of Los Angeles County Parents has got a trial set for October 16th over First Amendment violations against the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. And, of course, its director, Barbara Ferrer, not to be called a doctor on this show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, that trial I'd like to go to. I'd, like to, like to. I'd love to see her uh, interrogated on the witness stand. Should be wearing she, a mask. She did a lot of damage to a lot of people in this county, and and she's never been held responsible for it. Never, never, ever had to pay any consequences for. Do all you the think she'll for once she could say, "Yeah, we probably overreacted." Yeah, and, 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 but um, the children really suffered, and and it's a per, they have permanent damage in their development because of that, and that's on the also at the on the at the feet of uh, those idiot L.A. County supervisors like Hilda Solis. And Sheila Kuehl at the Janice time. Hahn. Janice Hahn. Janice Holly, Yeah, that collection of geniuses. Good right, Lord. More coming up. Johnny Kidd, KFI AM640, live everywhere. It's the iHeartRadio app. Is they employed for rare. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. Hey, the Moist Line is coming back in just a couple of days. We welcome your messages using the iHeartRadio app, the microphone icon, or call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86, one 877 Six six four seven eight eight six. Well, it's interesting that for weeks, actually a couple months now, a lot of the media is reporting that the borders are calm, right? That the migrants are no longer lining up and <laughs> flooding into the country. It's nonsense. We told you the truth, that they're getting in by other means, including a handy app. Mm -hmm. And the proof of this 
is that New York City is still being overrun. Now, why would that be? If we have control of the border and we're not allowing as many people they, in, what, what, uh, well, New York the, City, the mayor, Eric Adams, says that this could now cost $12 billion. They have 100,000 asylum seekers in the last year or so that have come into New York. And they're getting 10000 a month. 10000 a month. Uh, the city's annual budget is $107 billion, and it's going to cost $12 billion to house and care for the newcomers over the course of three years. No. I mean, I mean, this is a tremendous, enormous amount of tax money, and they have no space. They are talking about creating t a tent city in Central Park. I saw that. A, yeah. that's, that's a real story. Oh, Central I love Park. Central Park when I go to New York. Yeah. So what the Biden administration, these devious liars, and I think the last story we did about Barbara Ferrer and Adam Schiff's office shows you that behind the scenes, these are all devious liars. They're terrible people. So what they came up with with an app so that all these illegals would be pre-approved. Therefore, they no longer have to uh, get in line or storm the border. They already are uh They've like given, is, given status, right? Yeah, they have st status. It's called parole. They call it parole or something. They're in a state of grace. So they eliminated the rush of illegal aliens by legalizing them before they get to the border. Here is Mayor Adams yesterday when he gave an update on the migrant problem. Finally, we need the federal government to lead a decompression strategy at the border so cities and states across the nation can do their part to shelter asylum seekers. Because cities like New York, Boston, Chicago, Los Angeles, Houston, and El Paso cannot be left to show the a national crisis without the proper aid. Again, if we don't get the support we need, New Yorkers could be left for a $12 billion bill. Well, your sanctuary cities, like all the ones he mentioned, are. That's what happened uh, down in Texas. They said, we can't take on these millions of migrants. They have to go somewhere else. Why not go to a sanctuary city where they have services? Not only a sanctuary city, but Eric Adams runs a city with a right to shelter law. Can two absurd ideas. <laughs> uh, a sanctuary city, unlimited illegal aliens coming, and they all have a right to shelter. The city, by their own law, is supposed to give them the mandatory roof over their heads. Heads, right. How about that? Can you think of a more idiotic policy than that? Hey, come on in. Sanctuary. We're giving away uh, 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 roofs to everybody. Everybody gets a roof. Everybody gets a room. Everybody. Everybody gets a bed. Wow. And now he, he's, he's, he's crying to Biden. By the way, Biden, the administration, has ignored him every time. He's asked for a state oh, yeah, of... yeah, they haven't really done anything, have they? No, he's asked for a state of emergency. They ignored him. He asked for emergency aid. They ignored him. He he wanted work authorizations for the migrants. Biden ignored him. Kathy Hochul, the governor, has made the same pleas. Been ignored. The governor of Massachusetts, a Democrat, a woman, she's made similar pleas just yesterday. Ignored. These are Democratic governors complaining, Democratic mayors begging... Biden administration ignores them. And I, I, I'm getting, I think you ought to get great entertainment out of this. 
Yeah. And you know what? Don't feel sorry for the New York City residents. You voted for these idiots. You supported all these laws. So there you go. There's your mess. Now you have hundreds and hundreds of people laying in the streets, nowhere to go. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We'd like to formally welcome you to the rest home of old Joe. Welcome to Bidenville, everyone. All men and women created by... Go, you know the you know the thing. There's a man on the moon, or whatever, you know something, or you know whether those aliens are here or not. I, I commuted for 36 years as president, vice president of the United States. Happy birthday, dear Alvin. Happy birthday to you. I was on the television. On television, I was on the telephone every time i hear hail the chief wonder where the hell is he turn around and where where's the where's the president what, what i can't remember it i was in the foot him uh, foot, foot excuse me the foothills of the himalayas with xi jinping for secretary of health and education i nominated javier bacaria president harris is a proud howard alum let's go brandon i agree i got them 1.9 trillion dollars relief so far club talker yeah, kleptocracy. The, clep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was. She was going to be here. And now to give you a tour of Bidenville before your extended stay, here's John and Ken. John Cobalt, Ken Shampo, KFI AM six forty. Live uh, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, and we are here at uh, Old Joe's Rest Home. Yeah, it's a pleasant uh, summer afternoon. Joe uh, we is, uh, begin with uh, d- d- Joe uh, could have been killed. Did you hear this story? No. The FBI says they shot and killed oh, a man yeah. uh, yesterday. They were trying to arrest a Utah man for threatening to murder Joe Biden and the New York DA, Alvin Bragg. His name is uh, Craig Delu Robertson, supposedly a 70 to 75-year-old white man who was surveilled wearing a dark suit, later observed as having an AR-15 style rifle lapel pin attached, a white shirt, a red tie, and a multicolored, possibly camouflage hat okay. bearing the word Trump on the front. Okay, when you hear about a Trump supporter with uh, a loaded gun who wants to go and kill Biden, what do you think he looks like? He does look exactly like that. Oh, you have his picture? Oh, yeah. He's on the, check the front of the New York Post. Guy with a big blubbery belly. Oh, Full beard, w- white mustache and beard, cap on, T-shirt. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, yeah, big old slob. Oh. Yeah, well, apparently they came to investigate him, and uh, they're saying he resisted, so they had to kill him. Oh. I don't know whether or not he pulled a gun or what. There's not a lot of detail that's come out on this story, he, which only broke yesterday. Uh, this happened yesterday morning. He described himself online as a MAGA Trumper. I guess this was a credible threat. Right. Whenever I hear that, I think, what's an incredible threat? <laughs> right. If you hear somebody's going to is threatening to kill the president, you would say, oh, my God, that's incredible. You yep. wouldn't say, oh, my God, that's credible. I don't Says know. here they had a, they had a charge against them, making threats against the president, making interstate threats, influencing, impeding and retaliating against federal law enforcement officers by threat. So they went to get him and uh, I right. guess he resisted. And they killed him. You want to hear one of his posts? Sure. Um, Wonderful dream. This is Craig Robertson. I dreamed I was in a dark corner of a Washington, D.C. parking garage. I was standing over the body of the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland with a bullet hole dead center in his forehead. In my hand was my suppressed 
Smith & Wesson M&P 9mm smoke wafting from the muzzle. The, the star-spangled banner was playing quietly in the distance. I thought to myself, what an amazing patriotic moment as shivers of liberty and freedom swelled my heart for our amazingly great country. That's, uh, that's, that, pretty that's a Facebook post. Uh, meanwhile, we have more bank records dealing with Hunter Biden and the Biden family. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee has uh, put out some numbers. And it appears that uh, this is coming from, I mentioned that this is coming from the House committee run by, what is his name, James Comer? Yes. Uh, right, uh, Congressman. The bank records show a $3.5 million payment from a Russian billionaire named Yelena Batarina to a shell company run by Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. Around the same time as the payment, Hunter Biden arranged for his father, who was then the VP, to have dinner at a Washington, D.C. restaurant with Ms. Batarina and other foreign nationals. The investigators say Ms. Batarina was notably left off the Biden administration's public sanctions list following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Aha. Uh -huh. So that could have been the uh, return gift. He got money, millions of dollars. The Biden family got millions of dollars from oligarchs in Russia, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Romania, and China. Hmm. Oligarchs. $20 million in payments to the Biden family and their business associates. And according to House committee members, there's really nothing that came in return except for the influence of Joe Biden being VP and, of course, well, now president. What, what, that Hunter Biden didn't provide any real services. Well, he didn't do not. anything. What could, what could he do? I, I always thought they would just say oh, he's a consultant. Well, he, yeah, he advised them on some of their uh, business that, dealings. That's a title. Just give man. us something BS. <laughs> Consultants don't actually do anything. They just have They get titles. paid, though. That's they get why paid. Oh, I know. High Speed Rail's got a mm. billion of them. Radio is full of them. <laughs> Radio is full of full them, of too, them. right? Don't know what right. they do, though. Never uh, done any good. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, of course, the famous, oh, right, the guy that gave uh, Hunter Biden enough money that he bought the Porsche is also mentioned in here mm. uh the and the board of ukraine energy firm borisma paid him eighty three thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars a month both to hunter biden and devin archer uh it says that joe biden attended dinners with hunter and kenneth rakashev mm. a kazakhstani oligarch they would go to the cafe milano in 2014 and 2015 and uh Rakashev was a director at Kazakhstan's state-owned oil company. And he asked that the then Secretary of State John Kerry visit Kazakhstan. And Archer said, if we have some business started as planned, I will sure it is planned soonest. And then he sent $142,000, Rakashev, to uh, their account. Which they say later Hunter Biden used to purchase that Porsche. That's right. That was the exact price of Biden's sports car. So they said, what do you want? And Hunter said, well, I want this new sports car. How much is it? 142300 And they wired him exactly that money to the dollar. This now, is how the world works. Supposedly, Mitch McConnell, who is the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, as ailing as he may be, is asking the Republicans, maybe you shouldn't go down the impeachment road. Doesn't think it's a good idea. 
Oh. You know, I uh, I also read in the New York Times uh, a very well-written article by uh, um, somebody uh, who is in uh, uh, Department of Justice. He was obviously an attorney, right, in government during the George Bush years. And he was pleading with the prosecutors that they shouldn't go down this road with Trump. And I think there's some people in Washington who would like the Trump investigations and the Biden investigations to go away. And the guy in the Times, his reasoning was, you don't want to see what's going to happen. Like, if they actually send Trump to prison, what do you think is going to happen among Trump supporters? You know, he didn't say it that explicitly, but it's clear the way it was worded that that's what he's worried about. Right. And Mitch McConnell, in the same way, it's like, uh, we, we don't have to impeach Biden here, right? Because I think there's a lot of people in Washington worried that it's getting close to a civil war. And and if, if Biden's impeached and Trump is imprisoned, you know, holy <laughs> hell is going to break loose with, like, with guys like the one in Utah. Well, it's funny you said that. What am I looking at? NBC News. Politics. The category is simulation. And it's a map. What if a second civil war breaks out? Game <laughs> simulates political scenarios. Oh, that sounds fascinating. That's great. <laughs> I guess how the states would line up. We're, 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 it's called Conflict of Nations. You can <laughs> sign in with Facebook and enjoy it. What's a game? Yeah, it's a free-to-play browser-based strategy <laughs> game where modern global warfare is waged in real time against dozens of other players. But in this case, it's modern civil war in America. Yeah, that's one of the games you can play. I see. <clears throat> you can see what would happen if we had a second civil war in the uh, U.S. Uh, where, where are the neutral states? <laughs> <laughs> California wouldn't be neutral. Because <laughs> the first Civil War was extremely bloody. Uh, I that, guess it would be a was... couple of those purple states, but I don't yeah. know how much out of it they would stay. And I, I don't, don't think know. there's much left of those. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640 live everywhere. I heard radio. Yeah. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Well, if you haven't heard, there's some big fires in the state of Hawaii, at least six and at least six people dead. We'll get a full update. Alex Stone after the news at 3 o'clock. Apparently a hurricane blew through there, and the winds are really pushing those fires around. So we'll find out more coming up. Uh, back to, well, we were doing Bidenville. We'll move over to Trump. Trump made an appearance in New Hampshire. We're going to play you this clip. It's kind of vintage Trump, but it isn't vintage Trump. He was talking about the polls, which... Show him clearly way ahead. Did you hear DeSantis is resetting his campaign? Fired his campaign manager. Yeah, he's he's starting over. His, campaign's, so, his campaign is a dud. Yeah, it's a complete dud. Uh, uh, in this clip, uh, Trump is mentioning Chris Christie, who is also running for president, the former New Jersey governor. And, of course, he's had some battles over his weight. Let's listen in. The latest morning console poll has us far ahead. We're at 59%. And the others are at like 12. One is at 12. I think that's the sanctimonious, but he's rapidly being caught by Ramishwamy. Who's good? No, no, Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. <laughs> Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. You can't do that. 
So now, because you're not allowed to do that, and therefore uh, we're not going to do it, okay? We want to be very civil, right? By repeating, don't call him a fat pig, you're essentially calling him a fat pig. That's what he, he, he knows he's doing that. He's doing I that know he does. Me. Trump isn't exactly slim, so I always found that... Uh, there was one columnist I, I read that described Trump as very good at projection. Whatever's really going on with him, he tries to foist it off on mm-hmm. someone else. I, th- I, I think fat people can mock other fat people. I guess. Does Trump ever make jokes about his own weight, though? Or No. He'll tell you he's the healthiest president in history. Well, you can be he- heavy and healthy somewhat, but he never talks about uh, how you know, what's he not- should shed like 25, 30, 40 pounds. Or- he, he obviously has uh, way, way more energy than Biden, right? But you just don't know what's going on inside. <laughs> the crazy. But, but you don't know what's going on physically inside, you know, how... How his oh, I see. Heart right. and arteries are doing, and all. Yeah, the remember organs. they tried to make so much because he slipped a couple of times right. walking around. No, but I mean he could fall over dead from a heart attack. Eh, what, would, is he seventy six, seventy seven, something like that? Uh, yeah, he's seventy seven. Yeah. So, so now he'll, he'll speaking be... of age, you probably heard the news that Diane Feinstein took a fall. Congress is out of session, so she's back home in the San Francisco area. And uh, the word that they put out is she was briefly taken to the hospital. When you're 90 and you fall, it's a serious matter. And uh, sometimes indicates that uh, you may be in your last uh, throes. You know what? I heard something something interesting the other day. Because um, they they always say that uh, when, when people fall, like break their hip, there's a high percentage of people who then die shortly thereafter. Uh huh. And I always thought, man, that's odd. Why would why would a broken hip lead to death? And then I think a doctor one day pointed out that it's the other way around. The hip actually is crumbling, and that's why you fall. And if you got oh. to the point where your hip is crumbling, then probably everything else in the system is the shot. The organs too. may be failing. Yeah, and... it, might, it might be just total failure. So that's oh. why people fall and break their hip. The hip breaks, and then they go down. That's why and I've mentioned this before on the show. That a test as to whether or not you got something going on, or you got problems. Stand on one leg for as long as you can. Oh yeah, I did that. Some some people have trouble doing that. I did that a few weeks ago. You did it well. Uh, yeah, good enough. Yeah, I made it to the I, whatever the count was, ten seconds, whatever. Yeah, it should I be at it. least ten seconds, I think. Yeah, right. You just go one leg to the other leg, but that indicates your balance. And of course, that's another reason why older people do fall, and as you said, brittle bones, but also because their balance is off. And it's easy for them to completely just right. topple over. All right, coming up next. When I get big... that old, I'm just laying on a soft, cushy couch. I'm not even going to sit up. Ooh. No sense taking a risk. The Well, that's another way to slowly die, but sure. <laughs> People in Hawaii are suffering from major fires. We're talking about Maui and the big island, the island of Hawaii. We have at least six people known dead. Some people have been fleeing into the ocean to get away from the flames. We'll have a full report. Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI Next. KFI AM 640 live everywhere. iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI Newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season... 
we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.